right. I tell you, y'all be very scared. I got fire behind me. <laughs> I saw someone, what are the odds of me setting this place on fire before I'm done? So if I get close, just, just let me know what's going on. Man, can you believe it's almost Christmas? Seems like we're doing this just, just a year ago, right? It just, it, co- it goes faster and faster. Does anybody have still have presents to wrap? Raise your hands. Any of you men actually wrap the presents? Okay, not, I'm, I'm, I'm like my dad, right? Oh, I got that. I wrapped that. Yeah. I, I, I don't do that well, but I got, got a great wife who does all that for me. Amen. Amen to the ladies out there. Hey, I, I, I want to start off with a few passages of Scripture, um, and then we're going to pray. Uh, the first is from Matthew chapter 1. Familiar words. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You will give birth to a son. You're given the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then Paul writes these words. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Christ is the visible image image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we humbly and we joyfully come into your presence. Uh, Father, there's no one like you, God. No one compares to you. You're great and awesome and powerful. Father, we thank you for this time of year. We're reminded of the great love that you have for us. And Father, I pray in the in the next few minutes as we, we talk about you and your son and, and what it means, Lord, that you will open our hearts and minds that even though the story is so familiar, God, that we can leave here and take something with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for the last few weeks at, at Maple Grove, we've been looking at uh, various portraits that were part of the, the first Christmas. Uh, we, we've looked at the portrait of destiny that we see painted on the canvas of the lives of an elderly couple Zachariah and Elizabeth, and a teenage girl named Mary. Uh, we, we looked at the portrait of obedience we see painted on the life of Joseph. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to look at the portrait of worship we see in the three wise men. But tonight, today, it's still daytime, um, today, Christmas Eve 2014, I, I, I want us to spend a few minutes looking at the portrait of God that we see in the first Christmas. Question, what does... What does the Christmas story, specifically Jesus' birth, reveal to us about God? After all, the, the angel told Joseph that, that once this child arrives, that he will be Emmanuel, God with us. And, and Paul said that, that, that Jesus is the, is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, the truth is that, that Jesus Christ revealed many truths about God as he wore flesh and walked this planet. Uh, tonight, I just want to talk about three of those ways that we find in the Christmas story. And number one, the portrait of God that we see in the Christmas story reveals that God keeps his promises. Repeat after me, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Okay, I, I kind of mess you all up. Hey, if you come here on Sunday, I do the same thing, right? I, I, I'll mess you up, right? You know, but God keeps his 
All right, you're good. Now, we're, now I'm feeling awake and alive, and there's fire back there. <laughs> and you know, when you think about it, the entire Bible um, is weaved by two threads, uh, promise and fulfillment. Most of the Old Testament is, is about, would fit under the category of promises, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of those promises in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so the, the birth of Jesus is a fulfillment of a series of promises or prophecies um, that were given hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years in advance. Promises that God makes about Jesus that are fulfilled. Uh, promises that happen exactly as God said they would happen. Two are particularly applicable to Jesus' birth. The first is in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Matthew quoted it in the text I just read. It was written roughly at 700 years before Jesus was, was ever born, and, and God wrote these words to a, to a people who were really going through hard times, that they were suffering uh, politically, militarily, and economically, and God said this to them, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Uh, understand, what God is saying is that the answer to mankind's problems is not to be found in the government or in any human ruler. Instead, it's to be found in Emmanuel, God with us. So God is coming into human history. He's coming to visit his planet and to be with his people. And how will they know who this Emmanuel, who this God with us is? Answer, look for a virgin mother. The virgin will give birth to a son. Now, the second prophecy or promise I want to look at is in Micah chapter 5 verse 2, written about 500 years before the birth of Jesus. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times, or in the Hebrew it's literally from eternity. And from these prophecies and promises and others, the expectation was that a savior is coming, a deliverer, a redeemer, a hero, and that he would be God among us, that he would be born to a virgin in a little town of Bethlehem. And everyone was anxiously awaiting this miraculous visitation by God. And all those promises were fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. And this Christmas Eve, one of the things that, that I want each of us to carry with us when we walk through those doors is this powerful, life-giving, life-sustaining truth uh, that God keeps his promises. He, he always has, and he always will. Uh, God promised that one day he would send his son to this world that's hurting and broken, that he loves so much, so that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. God has kept and is still keeping that promise. God promises to uh, to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God keeps his promises. God promises that our, that our present suffering is not even worth comparing to the glory that one day will be revealed in us. God keeps his promises. God promises that in all things that, that we are more than conquerors in, in Christ Jesus and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, God keeps his promises. God promises that one day he, he will split the sky open and he'll come back for us to take us to be with him forever in our incredible paradise world with him in heaven. God keeps his promises. Yes, Christmas 
It's about a God who keeps his promises. And next, as we look at the Christmas portrait, we see that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. And that's exactly what what Gabriel said to Mary in Luke chapter 1. She gets this news. She's uh, she's looking forward to her wedding day and, and, and finds out that, well, she's already with child, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she's a little bit disturbed. And, and the Holy Spirit, uh, the angel Gabriel said this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy. It will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. Uh, people say a lot of things. Uh, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I, I understand the, the story of Jesus' birth reveals to you and I that, that our God can do anything, uh, that nothing is impossible for our star-breathing, ocean-holding, rainbow-making God. Now, now I, I don't know what you're facing in your life right now, but nothing is impossible with God. Uh, Maybe right now in your life things are tough and difficult, dark and hopeless, but nothing is impossible with God. I I mean, maybe you think that you will never overcome that sin, move past that hurt, push through those obstacles, defeat those odds, push back those fears, get out of that mess, rise up from that fall, or see those dreams become reality, but nothing is impossible with God. Today, Christmas Eve 2014, I I bring you good news of great joy that is for all people, for everybody in this room. God keeps his promises, and nothing is impossible with God. And the final powerful truth, the Christmas portrait, reveals us that I want to look at today, tonight, tomorrow, whatever it is, is God's greatest desire. This is nuts. God's greatest desire is to be with you. Now, Christmas is a time when people, especially family members, want to be together. And listen, this desire to be together is why people endure crowded planes and airports, even when they know they got to pay extra for that luggage and present, there'll be delays and cancellations. You know, being together with your family is why people will pack suitcases, and cram into cars for hours for fun times on the road. I mean, there's nothing to bring a family closer together, am I right, you know, than a car trip together. Are we almost there? I have to go to the bathroom. Mom, she's touching me. I'm hungry. I'm bored. Of course you're bored. I mean, you've only watched 13 movies on your DVD player that's in your car and all these video games. No wonder you're bored, right? Yeah, when I was a kid, it was, there was nothing, <laughs> Count the cars that go by, or the horse and carriages. (laughs) Understand, Jesus, even as he laid all swaddled up in that manger, is the image of the invisible God, and an awesome, powerful, and, and for the most part, unbelievable truth that the story of Jesus' birth reveals about our God is that God has no greater desire than to be with you. No, no, God the Son, he, he, he didn't he didn't hop on a plane. He, he didn't cram into a car. Instead, he left all the glories of heaven and put on human flesh. God became one of us. God entered the muck and mire of this world. Think about it. The all-powerful one 
made himself breakable. Uh, the one who had been spirit is now pierceable. God who is larger than the universe becomes as small as an embryo. The one who, who literally created all things and holds all things together became totally dependent upon a middle-aged schoolgirl in a blue-collar carpenter to feed him, to change him, to take care of him. Crazy. Insane. Why? I mean, why would God do this? Why? Because God just could not imagine spending eternity without you. Why? Because as hard as it is to believe, God's greatest desire is to be with you. Why? Because God loves you with an undying, unyielding, unfailing, unrelenting, unstoppable, and unbounded love. And, and, and therefore, it, it didn't matter to God how, how much the plane ticket cost or how high the gas prices were or if, the, or if the plane was crowded or the car was uncomfortable because God just had to be with you. And nothing, not your sin, not your rebellion, not his death, and not the cross had a chance in standing in the way of God because God just had to be with you because you are his greatest desire. Wow. What a portrait of God we see in the Christmas story. God keeps his. God keeps his. And I was like, a lot, lot louder. You can do louder than that. We got kids in here, right? God keeps his. There you go. That's what I'm saying. All right. We, we got some loudness here. You go. That was awesome. All right. God keeps his promises. Nothing is. Oh, that was, come on, y'all. Come on. It's like a middle school dance. It works better if you cooperate, right? We work together on this. Okay. Nothing is. Impossible. That's true, right? You're going through a hard time. You know, you think it, nothing's impossible with God. And God's greatest desire, and this time I just want you to say me. God's greatest desire is? God's greatest desire is? God's greatest desire is? To be with you. It's me. It's to be with you. It's all the above. And, and I pray this. Christmas is nuts, right? I don't know about you. We had a nutty time in Coles, a nutty time rack. Wrapping presents in a nutty time, getting dressed to come here tonight. Like we always push at the envelope. I'm ironing clothes, and I got 15 minutes to get over here, right? You know, got me a new shirt that's not black. I'm pretty proud of it. We're serene, right? <laughs> I like black. I like black. I'm, I did buy a black one, but I didn't wear it. I like black. Black is good. I don't know why. You know, but, but it, it gets so crazy and hectic and stressful, doesn't it? You know, and, and we can miss what it's all about. You know, and I really appreciate that you guys came here tonight. You know, and, and, and I pray that these simple truths, I mean, you know, they're not rocket science, but I, I want you to know that, that God keeps his promises. He's made some great promises. He keeps everyone. And, and I want you to know that no matter what you go through in life today, tomorrow, next week, or 30 years from now, that nothing is impossible with God. And I want you to know that, that, that even at times when nobody seems like they want to be with you, not even your own family, and maybe not even you want to be with you, that God's greatest desire is to be with you. And he left all of heaven and crammed all of his deity into a small seven, eight pound package just so that he could be with you, not just now, but forever.
I want to close with this passage of Scripture. Some words that Elizabeth, when, uh, when she was six months pregnant, Mary came over, you know, probably to find out, okay, what's this, you know, you're about to have a baby before me. i got to see how this thing goes down because I'm kind of freaking out about it. And, 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 and she says this to Mary. You are blessed because you believe the Lord would do what he said. And, 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 and here, here's the deal, here's the deal. I, I'm convinced that you will be blessed, and you will be blessed, and I will be blessed if we live here today believing that God keeps his promises, that nothing is impossible for God, and that God's greatest desire is to be with you. Amen? And, and now we're going to do a fun part. I remember even since I was a, a young child many decades ago, in the galaxy far, far away, <laughs> it is, you know, we would light candles, right? There's something about fire. Maybe it's because Jesus is the light of the world, right? And they didn't have fluorescent and incandescent lights back there. It was a flame. And so we're going to light some candles in just a minute, and then and we're going to close off just singing Silent Night. And I'll ask you all, would you stand and pray with me? Oh, Lord, we love you so much. And God, in the craziness of life, Sometimes this season can get crazier than all of them put together. You know, some in this room are already thinking about the present they forgot to buy or the tape that they ran out of that they got to go home and try to hit Walgreens or something, God. And Father, I pray that we just breathe out all that stuff and breathe in the great wonder that you love us so much, that you keep your promises, that one day you're coming back to get us. And God, that no situation in life we face is impossible for you. And that we are your greatest desire. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.